All right, welcome back to The PIO Guy. My name is Todd Harmison, and today we're going to talk about bridging statements and the use of what is commonly referred to as the bridge or the bridging statement during an interview. So first, before we do that, let's talk about you're, you're getting ready to attend this interview. You've got either an incident going on or the news media is called and they, they want to do an interview about a, a topic and you're ready to do your interview. You've prepared, you've got your key bullet items already written out on what you're wanting to address during today's interview and you're all set up and here we go. So the interview starts and it goes just as planned. And all of a sudden, the news media asks a question out of the blue. They go back and they want to ask about some topic that you either A, were not prepared to discuss, or B, a topic that you intentionally want to shy away from or you, you want to avoid this topic. So, what we've got to do is we've got to somehow redirect their question to an answer that we want to give. So remember I said in the beginning, you've already prepared. You have your three or four key uh, bullet points or key topics that you want to address with this interview. So somehow we've got to get back on topic. So what better way to do that is then using what we call bridging statements. Now, this is something that you need to practice. You need to spend some personal time thinking about bridging statements. Practice how you would use these statements. So in today's uh, podcast, I'm going to give some examples of bridging statements. Certainly, this is not a complete list. There are Oh, gosh, I, I just saw a list the other day. It was probably 50 different bridging statements long. And they're all good. They, they Each one has a purpose based on the topic or how you want to redirect the, the question that's being asked of you. But it's still important that we always acknowledge, at least if the media asks a question, we need to acknowledge their question professionally, and we need to maintain our composure as the spokesperson for your agency or your company. So when we're using a bridge statement, these are very powerful tools that you're going to use that allow you to maintain control of the direction of the interview or the conversation that you're wanting, you're wanting to have. Quite honestly, you could use these bridging statements during a meeting with your boss or, you know, during some other event. It doesn't have to be an interview, certainly. You know, if you're in a meeting and, and somebody asks a, an off-the-wall question or, or a question that is going down a direction that you're not wanting to go during this particular meeting or, or event that's going on, use these bridging statements. By using a bridging statement effectively, you can stay on message, protect your interest, but also be professional with the 
person on the other end that was trying to ask the question or was trying to redirect the event or the, the meeting, the interview. So first and foremost, the most important thing during an interview is you maintain control of your interview. When you start to lose control, when your emotions are high, when you're, you're quickly shotgunning answers, you will lose control and you're more likely to say something wrong, misspeak, or worse yet, allow your emotion to become part of your answer. Our job as crisis communicators is to maintain that professional level, maintain that integrity, and maintain a composure that reassures the public or the stakeholders that we are knowledgeable, we are trustworthy, and we are the person that they need to listen to to get the right information to the right people at the right time. So number one is maintaining control. Number two is you're using these bridging statements to navigate a, a sensitive topic. Again, there's something that is confidential or legally restrictive or maybe it just the, the answer or the question that they're asking does not stick to the main topic and points that you want to get across to your stakeholders. Number three, this helps you stay on message. Bridging statements enable you as the interviewee to stay focused on the message that you have prepared and the key points that you want to communicate to your audience or to your stakeholders. And then finally, number four, this helps you manage the time during the interview. So many times a question will come up that's a very short answer and you want to expound upon it or you feel like you've not been able to get your key points out during this interview. So you're going to want to use a bridging statement to then tie it into giving you more speaking time in front of the camera. And that's very important. That's how you maintain control of your interview. So what are these magical uh, bridging statements? Some of them are statements like, that's a great question. Let me stick to the main points that I've brought forward though. In this, we need to address item number one, item number two, and so on and so forth. Another uh, great bridging uh, topic is, before we dive into that, let me provide some context on the subject that you're wanting to speak about. If you say something like, before we dive into that, this brings you back to your topic but it does acknowledge to the interviewer that you understand their question and that you do have intention of coming back to that. Now, if you use that topic or that, that um, 
that bridging statement. You need to be prepared to still go back and circle around and answer the interviewer's question. Um, Another one is, I I appreciate your perspective, and it's worth noting that, and then go into, again, into your statement, into your key points that you want to acknowledge. And the number four that I have on the list is, let me step back and provide some perspective on the flooding or on whatever topic it is that you are uh, trying to avoid. <clears throat> Let's let me let me use the example of you're in a corporate world and your IT CEO or the chief financial officer made a decision not to enhance the um, malware and the um, the IT security systems on your computer. And because of that, you're a large institution, your uh, computer system, your financial system was hacked, and um, let's just say you know, 100,000 customers had their personal data breached and was made available. So you're holding a, a press conference and you're wanting to get the message out to the affected customers on, let's say, the three steps that they need to do in order to fix their potential um, identity theft, financial theft, whatever the case may be. And so you, you've got this interview set up. You've already started going through your points. You've, you've gotten to point number two, and the, the, interview, the interviewer stops you and says, you know, uh, Mr. Harmison, is it true that the CEO of the company knew about this attack, knew about the potential vulnerability, but decided that his personal vacation and and profit sharing was more important than spending the money necessary to upgrade the IT infrastructure? Okay, a question like that. Obviously, your crisis communicator, we're definitely not going to comment on something like this. We're definitely not going to say something that throws the CEO or the chief, the mayor, you know, one of these officials under the bus. So when they ask something like that, you know, you know, then, then you could use something like, well, let me step back for just a moment. The key points are, number one, citizens need to hire or customers need to hire Uh, XYZ firm that we are contracting with to do credit checks. Number two, reach out to your financial institution. Work with your bank to put a block on the account. Number three, XYZ, whatever that number three is. But using that bridging statement to get away from this question of was the CEO negligent in his or her actions? Our job is to get the right information. So in this case, it would be the three key points that we've come up with as a company that we need our customers, our potential uh, victims in this crime that we're, we're using as the example. Our key message are the three points. So we need to get the right information information 
to the right people. So we need to stress that these are customers of XYZ company or these are customers of the city of such and such utilities. So we get the right information to the right people at the right time. We need to get our message, these three key points, out to the media and to our stakeholders through this interview now. Now is the time. So it is getting the right information, the three key bullets, to the right people, to our customers, to our stakeholders that have been affected by this incident. Number three is at the right time. So that is now. So that the end result of getting the right information to the right people at the right time is so that the people, in this case, our customers who have been victimized, can make the right decisions for themselves. You see, almost every podcast I do when we're talking about the tasks and the responsibilities of a crisis communicator or a public information officer is to get the right information to the right people at the right time so that the people can make the right decision that they need to for themselves and for their family. Almost every podcast I talk about, those are the three key messages of everything that we do. So as you are speaking and you are being interviewed, it is your job to maintain the control of the interview by using bridging gaps. And I'll write a podcast, I'm sorry, I'll write a blog this next week and get it posted to thepioguy.com so that you can read more of these bridging statements. I'll give you more examples of them. They're very, very simple. Oftentimes just a one sentence with the right wording that allows you to acknowledge the interviewer but redirect that conversation right back to the topic that you want. So with that, I hope this has been enlightening. I hope this has been something that you can learn from. And until next time on the PIO Guy.